Today on Awaken to Grace, we conclude our series on the spiritual gifts. If you've been with us through this series, in week one we talked about the grace of the spiritual gifts. In week two, we talked about the source of the spiritual gifts. And now today, for the conclusion, we're talking about the purpose of the spiritual gifts. When Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, that the gifts are to be used for what the Bible calls the common good, well, the word picture there is of a symphony. It's where we actually get our English word, symphony. And the word picture is that when Christians are in the right place using their gifts in the right way, well, it rises to the Lord like a symphony in his ear. Today we're going to talk about what it means to be in the right place using your gifts. I hope you enjoy today's broadcast of Awaken to Grace. Today we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Say amen if you're blessed today. Amen. amen. I'm so glad you're here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. We have been studying spiritual gifts. Now, let me just recap us for a few moments. We have been parked in 1 Corinthians 12 for the last few weeks. We began in week number 1, looking at verse 1, 2, and 3. Where Paul says, now concerning spiritual gifts, I would not have you be uninformed. Okay? So that's the goal. We want to learn what God says about the giftings that are inside of each one of us. I called week one the grace of spiritual gifts. And this is my argument from scripture. No Christian can say, who is truly born again, no Christian can say, I'm not gifted. No one can say, I'm without any gifts whatsoever. And see, the danger is we look at natural abilities. We look at natural talents. But Paul never said, now concerning natural talent, did he? He said, now concerning spiritual gifts. They are two completely different things. So what happens is people look around and they look at everyone around them and they go, well, I'm not talented like her. I'm not talented like him. And so I don't have any gifts within me, friends. That's a lie from Satan. And my argument in week one is simply this. The word gifts is rooted in the word grace. Charisma, charis. It is the grace of God, 1 Corinthians 1, 4. It is the grace of God, 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. It is the grace of God that brings the gifts into our life. So here's my point. If you are saved today, how are you born again? By grace, through faith. That not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. It is a gift of God. So the point is, it is the same grace that brought salvation. It's the same grace that brings you the giftings. It's not about you, my friend. It's not about your abilities or your lack of. It's the grace of God in you. So if you can accept today that you are saved by grace through faith then you should accept today that there are multiple gifts inside you by grace through faith. That was week one. 
Week two, we were only in verses four, five, and six. We talked about the source of the gifts. If there is a grace for the gifts, what are the source of the gifts? Verse number four, the Bible says that there are varied gifts given by the Spirit, varied services given by the Lord, and varied uh, activities given by God. You have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all represented in the gifts. All have deposited gifts into his people. And it says that God has empowered each of you. We saw that, again, the word gift is grace. The word service there means ministry. And the word activities there means accomplishments, results, effectiveness is the idea of it. What's the point? The point is, in week two, the point is that the gifts that you've been given are meant to be plugged into ministries. And out of those ministries comes the effectiveness, comes the results, comes the accomplishments. In other words, you and I will give an account for the gifts that are in us. Were we effective with them? Were we involved in the work of the ministry? which we'll talk about a little bit today. So, that was week two. Now today, in week three, we are only in one verse, and that's verse seven. And let me tell you, for a blind pastor who has to memorize all the scripture he preaches, I feel like I'm on vacation today. One scripture. (laughs) That's all I have to remember. Verse number seven, and how sweet it is. We've talked about the grace of the gifts. We've talked about the source of the gifts. Today, we're going to talk about the purpose of the gifts. Now, notice verse 7, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. And to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Oh, what a wonderful scripture this is. For the common good. Now, let's just unpack a little bit of this, unfold it. I like sometimes, you know, when I think about these scriptures, this is what the imagery that comes to my mind. Sometimes I think, well, imagine that you had priceless and rare jewels, right? You You had emeralds or you had rubies or you had diamonds. Would you just sling them anywhere and everywhere? No. What would you do? You would carefully cover them and you would carefully stow them. When you got them out to show them to people, what would you do? You would unfold them and you would show the beauty of them. Friends, that's what we're doing with the Word of God today. We're taking the priceless jewels of Scripture. Let me tell you, verse 7 is like handling. It's like holding a priceless jewel. And we're just going to unfold it today and we're going to understand it today. Amen. To each is given the manifestation. Now, now remember in verse number six, the phrase before that, it is very clear that all of the gifts come from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in verse six, it reminds us, it is God that empowers the gifts, right? And who does he empower them for? For spiritual elites? For those called to the work of the ministry? For those who work full-time in a church? No. He says that he has empowered everyone. 
all of his people. So today, if you were born again, I am telling you on the authority of God's word, you are uniquely gifted by God. You are uniquely empowered by God. And there is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit that wants to take place in your life. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit. Now, what does this mean? The word manifestation here, I love this word. It literally means, are you ready for this? If you're going to take notes, note this. This is literally what manifestation means. It means to make evident, clear, or to be revealed. It literally means to make known, clear, or evident. Do you know what this verse is saying? is that it is the Holy Spirit that will make known, clear, not only our gifts, but the usage of those gifts. That means it's not up to me or how, how spiritual I am or how smart I am or how gifted or talented I am. No, it is a work of the Holy Spirit in me and it is a work of the Holy Spirit through me. Does that make sense to everyone? So it's not your abilities. It's not your natural talents. It is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It is making clear. It is making evident. It is making known the work of the Holy Spirit through His people. And what a beautiful thing that is. See, what the opposite of this is, is what so many of us do. And you know what so often we do? Our gifts are private. Our gifts are not known. Our gifts are not evident. We, we, it's, it's, you know, the example we gave a few weeks ago, it's like having Christmas gifts here well into the month of January and yet they're unopened and unwrapped. What kind of giftings are inside of you today that's literally dormant and literally unopened or unwrapped? No, the Holy Spirit wants to manifest through those gifts. So how does that look in a practical way? Well, let's take, for example, let's say that someone has the gift of intercessory prayer, which is a wonderful and a phenomenal gift. Many of you have that gift. Many of you, your spiritual gift tests show that you have a gift of intercessory prayer. But let's just say, let's say that someone scores the lowest in intercessory prayer. Let's say that intercessory prayer doesn't even register on someone's gift. Can that person say, well, I just don't have the gift of prayer, so therefore I don't have to pray? No, we know that's not biblical, right? Or let's say someone has the gift of giving. Or, or, or better yet, say they don't have the gift of giving. It don't even register. Can someone say, oh, well, I'm not expected to give. I don't have to tithe because I don't have that gift. If someone doesn't have the gift of helps, the next time you know, we're carrying tables around here, can they go, oh, I'm not carrying a table. I don't have the gift of helps. No, thank you. I'm exempt from that. Is that what Scripture is saying? No. No. Here's what I think it means in the manifestation of the Spirit. Let's say someone does have the gift of intercessory prayer. We are all to be praying, all of us, 
But those who have the gift of intercessory prayer, there are times the Holy Spirit is going to manifest. There are times that the Holy Spirit's going to burden that person. The Lord's going to bring a name to that person. God's going to share a situation with that person. And they're going to all of a sudden begin to intercede. Let's take someone who has the gift of giving. Are we all responsible to give? Absolutely. The Bible doesn't say that if you don't give, that you rob the church. It doesn't say that, does it? It doesn't say that you cheat the church. Because let me tell you, my friend, God's work is going to go on with you or without you. God's work goes forward. But what does Scripture say? Those who don't give, they rob God. Okay? So we're all responsible for giving. But listen, listen, those who have the gift of giving, what does that mean? That means that at times the Holy Spirit's going to manifest. There are times that the Holy Spirit will put into somebody's heart and say, I want you to do this. I want you to be part of this. There's something here that I desire you to do. Does that make sense? It's the manifestation of the Spirit. Those who have the gift of healing, is, is that a legitimate gift? Absolutely. But does that mean that somebody who has the gift of healing can just waltz up here to the hospital and go door to door and just heal everybody? No. You know what I think it means? I think it means that there, will, there are times when that person prays for somebody. We had a family here at the 9 a.m. service who has a two-month-old baby who's having some, some very serious health issues. They brought her for us to pray for today. We, we went and got a brother that we know that, that he, you know, God, God uses him in the area of praying for people for healing. Now, does that mean that, that out of pride, he just goes around and, and pray and, and they're going, no, what it means is that the Holy Spirit will manifest through that prayer. Am I making sense to anybody today? We're not talking about weird and mystical things. No, we're talking about the Holy Spirit being so welcome in our lives. The Holy Spirit being so active in our lives. The Holy Spirit being so involved in our lives that the gifts are working in us, but working through us. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. In other words, your gifting is not about you. It's about the Holy Spirit meeting the needs of others through you. Can we say amen to that? So we got to be careful. The Corinthian church was so filled with pride over their gifts. Let me tell you, my friends, when you take your gifts, if your gifts are, perhaps it's the gift of administration, perhaps it's the gift of faith, perhaps it's the gift of mercy. Okay, so take faith, for example. Should we all have faith? Yeah, you can't get saved without it. To each, God has given a measure of faith. But what does it mean to have the gift of faith? That means there'll be times that the Holy Spirit manifests. There'll be times that the Holy Spirit helps you believe for certain things. Oh, let me tell you, you need to be involved in the work going on here. Because we need people who have the gift of faith involved and praying and helping move this thing forward. Does that make sense today? The gifts 
There is a manifestation of the Spirit. In other words, it's not your abilities. It's the Holy Spirit working through you as He works in you. Now, I love this phrase, for the common good. The reason I love it so much is because I think it is an absolute perfect word picture of where the church is today. Especially our church right now. So in the Greek, in the original language here, the word, the, the Greek word here, which I, I, I'm unable to pronounce, but the spelling of it is very close to symphony. And actually, the Greek word here is where we get our English word for symphony. Do you know the word picture that the Holy Spirit is giving us in this text? When there is a manifestation of, of the Spirit and gifts, in other words, when you're not puffed up with pride and, and, you know, God is working in us and he's working through us and the Holy Spirit is really evident in our church, you know what the Bible is saying the gifts are like? It's like a great symphony unto the Lord. When everybody is in their right place, using their right gifts, it's like an incredible symphony unto God. Isn't that a beautiful word picture? That's what the giftings are like to the Lord Jesus. It's like a symphony. I don't know about you. Have you, have you ever heard a symphony warm up? It's not very pretty, is it? As a matter of fact, it kind of sounds like a train wreck, doesn't it? And I wonder today, as the Holy Spirit looks over our congregation, what does he hear? Does he hear a mighty symphony to the glory of God with people engaged and involved in their giftings? Or do we got two, three over here, four or five over there, nine or ten over there warming up? And, and you know, you can picture people just, you know, what do we sound like? Are we together? Because the word here, common good, literally means to bring together. What a thought. Let me ask you a question. Are you together with other believers? Are you together with like-minded people? Are you together in unity? Are you together in serving? Are you together in friendships? Are you together in doing life together? And this is why it's so important to me for you to discover your spiritual gifts because what it does is it brings us, it brings us together. And, we're, we're, and when we're together, instead of screeching out service to God, we're making music. And it's like a symphony unto the Lord. What an incredible word picture the Bible gives. So four things that I want you to note that coming together does. Four things that your spiritual gifts will bring to the table. Four things that why I believe it's so important that you not only discover what's inside you, but you develop what's inside you. See, if you have the gift of intercession, it's not for private use. <laughs> it's not for you to use privately. It's to serve the needs of others. If you have the gift of mercy, that shouldn't be a private thing. 
God should be using you in times and opportunities of compassion and mercy. If you have the gift of helps, you should be serving the needs of others. If you have the gift of administration, you should be using those and serving. If you have the gift of faith, all of these wonderful and precious, precious gifts. Now, four things that the giftings will do for a church. This is why I'm so excited over the next several months of our church. Number one, I want you to note this. Number one, the work of ministry will explode. When people come together like a mighty symphony, when we bring the manifestation of the Spirit in our spiritual gifts, number one, there will be a, an explosion of the work of ministry. And let me share with you, my friends, we are all called to the work of the ministry. Doesn't matter what occupation you're in or what field you're in, what services you're in, what career choice you're in, you're called to the work of the ministry. And we are to be equipped for the work of the ministry. Are, are we to teach on marriage? Absolutely. Are we to teach on parenting? Yes. Are we to teach good Bible knowledge? I mean, good Bible studies? Absolutely. But what is the chief thing we are to be doing as a church? Equipping people for the work of ministry. Equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. There is a work for you to be involved in. There is a work for you to do. And the beauty of being a church family is that you don't have to walk around trying to figure out, well, what in the world could I possibly do? No, friends, there are opportunity upon opportunities upon opportunities for you to plug in and serve, for you to be used by the Lord. Again, don't be off over here tuning. Be over here in the symphony. Bringing, coming together, honoring and glorifying the Lord. So number one, what happens when we all get serious about our gifts? What happens when we discover what's in us and we begin to develop our gifts? Number one, there will be literally an explosion of the work of ministry to which every single one of us are called. There's going to be a group today. I'm so excited about this. There's going to be a group meet at 2 o'clock today, we're going to come together. As far as I know, not one person knows all the other people in the room very well. We may know their name or, you know, casual basis, but none of us have ever served together on a team. We're going to come together and begin to pray and begin to think just about homelessness. You know, right now, there's several... There's, there's at least five uh, homeless attending every single week right now with us. And there's many, 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 many throughout downtown. We realize that we can't fix everything. Uh, no, no one church or one organization or one person can fix. But just because you can't do everything doesn't mean you can't do something. Can we say amen to that? We've taken people whose gifts are mercy, whose gifts are 
evangelism and compassion. We're going to put them in a room today and say, so-and-so, this is so-and-so, so-and-so, this is so-and-so. Now let's think and let's pray, what would God have us do for the homeless of our city? Let me tell you, when people begin to bring their gifts to the table, there will be an explosion of the work of ministry. Can we say amen to that? Number two, here's another thing that happens. Friendships and relationships begin to deepen. You know, as a pastor, I'm very shocked at how lonely so many people are. The lack of true friendships that are in our society. That's within the church. And believe me, I'm not throwing stones. I've shared with you before, when Sadie and I got married over 10 years ago, you know, in reality, Sadie could have had 10, 15 bridesmaids. But we didn't have all that stuff. And you know why we didn't have it? Because I didn't have one friend who could have been my best man or groomsman. I'm amazed when I look back at how I lived prior to Sadie. I had more money back then, but that's something. But I'm amazed. I'm just kidding. It's our kids. That's why I don't have any money. But anyway, I'm amazed how lonely I really was. I didn't know how to really develop friendships. And Sadie has really changed my whole world in that regard. Now today, uh, let me tell you, if I got married again today, to Sadie, of course, don't get me wrong. If, 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 <laughs> if, we, <laughs> if we did it again, I would have a hard time choosing a best man. How things have flipped in my life. There are so many people who are really lonely There are so many people who are stuck in a routine of life and they don't do life with anyone. Uh, Guys, I'm telling you, we don't just want to do church together. We want to do life together. Do you understand? Life together. And let me tell you, I get it. Now, Sadie and I are total opposites. I'm telling opposites attract. Is that right or wrong? That's legit. Opposites attract. Sadie can come over to your house, take her shoes off, crawl up on your couch, and take a nap. And she'll be as comfortable as all get out. If I come to your house, I'm stiff as a board and I'm ready to get home. I'm weird that way. Anybody else weird like that? Anybody else not want to come over to my house because it's weird? I get it. But those of us, we have to push ourselves... What does the Bible say? If a a person's going to have friends, he has to show himself friendly. We struggle with that, some of us, don't we? I'm a highly private person. I value my alone time. I'm very, very private. And Sadie, total opposite. 
But someone like me, I've got to push myself to make friendships. I have to push myself to initiate conversations. And let me tell you, here's the beauty of it. When you find your spiritual gifts and you get on a team with other spiritual gifts and you start serving along people who are like-minded like you are, friendships begin to develop. And then you go from this surface level, oh, hey, you said in my section, but I can't remember your name, to the next time that that person really needs prayer. They're coming and they're asking you because you're such a church family that you know what it is to bear one another's burdens. You know what it is to love one another. You know what it is to honor one another. You know what it is to serve one another. And all of a sudden, there's such a strong network of prayer and love and unity and friendship and fellowship that it drives Satan bananas. Do you have that in your life? Do you have people that you're walking through life with? People you go out to eat with? People you go to coffee with? People that you email? People that you exchange messages with? People that you can say at the drop of a hat, I need prayer and I need it now. Do you have that? Friends, I'm just, I'm telling you, there's an entire church family Right here, ready for that. All you have to do is plug in. All you have to do is engage. All you have to do, and it's easier said than done, you got to put yourself out there. You got to be a little vulnerable. You got to get out of your comfort zone. And you got to begin to show yourself friendly. Let me tell you, there's not a thing in the entire world with walking up to somebody and saying, you know what, I am terrible with names. Can you tell me your name again? Is that rude? That's not rude. There's nothing wrong with saying, you know, you said in my section all the time, but I've never asked you, where do you work? There's nothing wrong with that. No, let's take the initiative and let's, and let's show ourselves friendly. Number three, not only will there be an explosion in the work of ministry. Not only will there be a deepening of the friendships, number three, leadership will begin to emerge. Now, in my view, we have phenomenal leaders in our church. Many, many leaders. But let me tell you, my friends, we need more. We need more. And there's some of you right now the giftings of leadership are in you. Other giftings are in you that you could step up and lead many various areas of our church. You know, it's so funny to me because when people first come, they'll, they'll say something like, Chad, it just, you know, it looks like you got everything buttoned down. You know, doesn't look like you need anything. No. Friends, there's gaps the size of the Grand Canyon in my view. We need you. And if you'll understand that the wonderful skill sets and the wonderful abilities and the wonderful giftings that God has placed in each and every single one of you is for the common good. In other words, it's for the body, it's for this great symphony, it's for this bringing together. 
then that's going to help you live a selfless life. It's going to help you be far less self-centered when you begin to realize, no, I'm part of a body. I'm part of something far bigger than I am. And let me tell you, you're going to come to a place where you're not going to keep your gifts hidden. Why? Because they are a manifestation of the Spirit. Am I making sense this morning? They are a manifestation to be made known, clear, evident. Not private, not hidden, not self-centered. Lastly, and this is where I close today, not only will there be an explosion of the work of ministry, not only will there be friendships cultivated and deepened, not only will leadership begin to emerge, but number three, here's, or four, here's what will happen. Ultimately, God will be glorified through you. Now, when we come back next Sunday, we're going to dive deep into 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. As each has been given a gift, each of you has. I hope I've made that crystal clear. As each has been given a gift, use it. <laughs> use it. Boy, that's enough to preach on just right there. And how do you use it? Oh, don't worry. He tells us. Serve one another. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about what it means to serve other people in your life. We're going to talk about what it means to count others more significant than yourself. We're going to talk about what it means to walk in a spirit of humbleness, of humility. But see, what we have to do first is we have to discover what's really in us. I'm surprised. <clears throat> I've encouraged, you know, some people have told me, oh, Chad, I took a spiritual gift test 20 years ago. Oh, yes, I've done that years and years ago. Well, listen, our giftings change sometimes. Do you know why our giftings change? I think one's because we mature in the Lord and seasons of life changes. I think that's another reason why giftings can change. But here's the, here's the biblical reason, I believe. The number one reason. Because the needs around us changes. And what's your gift given for? To serve the needs of others. God may have you in a complete different season of life than he had you 25 years ago. Perhaps your gifting's changed. Discover what's inside you. And as you discover what's inside you, we're going to learn with our next series how to develop it. We're going to learn how to serve. We're going to learn how to love. We're going to learn how to honor. What a thought to honor one another. What if you became a person rather than being so negative all the time? Rather than being so negative, you became a person that honored others. What a change. We're going to explore some of this together. But what's the ultimate reason? 1 Peter 4.10 As each of you has received a gift, use it to serve one another. Verse 11 That in order, that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. See, God wants to be glorified through your gifts. Are you creating those opportunities? 
Are you utilizing those special things that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit has deposited in you? And you say, Chad, I just don't think I'm called. Oh, my friend, you're wrong. You know the old saying, God doesn't equip the called. Uh, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Isn't that right? You are called and God will equip you. But see, you got to open your heart to it. you got to open your schedules to it. You have to make it priority. And so as we go down this journey together, I cannot encourage you strong enough. Take the spiritual gifts assessment. Find out what's inside you. And then together, together as a church family, we're going to develop together. We're going to walk down this path together. And we're going to become a beautiful and a mighty symphony to the glory of God. Can we say amen to that? Let's pray together. Lord, I want to thank you for this one verse of Scripture. Oh, how I love your word. (laughs) There's so much truth packed into this one verse. Lord, we give you a welcome mat today to manifest yourself in our life, to manifest yourself in our acts of service, in our acts of mercy, in our times of intercession, in our acts of giving, in our acts of faith, in our acts of administration. We give you freedom, God. We give you and a welcome mat to manifest your spirit through your gifts that you've deposited into each of us. Lord, may our gifts not lie dormant. May they not be left unwrapped. May we not be uninformed or ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. But may we be empowered, engaged, enabled, by the Holy Spirit. Oh, God, what you desire to do through your people. Through your people. So God, let us all cast our eyes on the greater good, the symphony, the bringing together of this gift and that gift and this gift and that gift so that your church is strong and the kingdom advances. Give us this grace, Lord Jesus. And for those, for my brothers and sisters, Lord, who Satan's lying to them, saying, you're worthless. Saying, God's forgotten you. Saying, there's nothing good inside you. Oh, God, we pull those strongholds down now through prayer in Jesus' name. And we speak truth to them that they are so valuable you were slain upon that tree they are so valuable that you have put your glorious gospel in such jars of clay they are so valuable that each has been given precious gifts by the Holy Spirit help us Lord Jesus we honor you we thank you and we glorify you 
We worship you today in Jesus' name.